pack the earth tight, plant poppy seeds, root life to the spot. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard anyone read my stuff out loud. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I reread that story this morning. Uh, and yeah, like I was saying... Hey there, welcome to Matamo, a podcast where we explore with you and our guests travel topics that push the boundaries in celebration of the human experience. I'm your co-host, Bob Sprill, here in Chicago, alongside, digitally alongside Greg Traverso in Stockton. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great, Bob. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, it's it's uh, Today, we've got a really exciting guest, and uh, you know, just to let our audience know who it is, uh, Chris McCaffrey. He's a writer from Stockton, from your neck of the woods, Greg. And he actually had uh, he had a certain Mr. T as a geography teacher in high school, if I'm not mistaken. He sure did. <laughs> he's, uh, he's really excited uh, today to discuss travel and other things um, with you, Greg. And, and you're really the person that kind of ignited his interest in exploring the world. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm really excited. Um, you know, before we get into it, um, just letting folks know if you like what you hear, Feel free to give us a nice five-star review on um, on any of the platforms you're listening. We would love to hear uh, that you're enjoying what, what we're putting out there. So without further ado, let's bring on Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. So Chris, you, you Chris. do a lot. Yeah, you, you've, uh, uh, we'll talk about it later too, but you've got a, a site called Wonder Lunge that kind of uh, they kind of host a lot of your stories and and your your writings, um, and also got some cool Instagram account too with some really interesting art on it. Um, so we'll we'll share those in the in the in the, the show notes. But first of all, um, kind of maybe just start with uh, you know kind of who you are, Chris. <laughs> well, you've been you've been around, yeah. Who am I? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Chris. I'm from Stockton, California. Um, and I did have Mr. T as a geography teacher when I was in high school. Uh, and I didn't go abroad growing up. Uh, so my first um, experience abroad was in college. I, I did a semester studying in Spain, in Madrid. And that was my first time out of the country. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that got out of the country and something shifted in my brain. And I needed to go see as much of the world as possible. So that's basically been my life for the past 10 years is uh, finding jobs abroad and finding uh, different ways to, to travel and to go see as much of the world as I can, really. What does travel mean to you? You mentioned you had that aha moment, um, but how has it impacted your life in those 10 years since? Yeah, uh, to me, travel is about growth. Uh, so to me, when you travel, uh, inevitably, you're going to go through some experiences that break down who you thought you were, and then you get spit out as something more. So as soon as that happened to me the first time, it was incredibly impactful. Um, I felt a lot of, of personal growth. And then since then, I've just been uh, trying to go to new places and to try and recreate that experience of, of <laughs> uh, breaking down a little bit and then building myself back up afterwards. Yeah, so this is this is Greg. I just want to say it was, you know, teaching, having a, a former student, uh, it's just so awesome. You know, Chris probably heard a vast majority of my stories or at least a good part of them. And I used to tell the class, 
I'd say, okay, guys, I lock the door, I shut it, and say, okay, I don't want you guys to say anything. This is it stays in this room, but they pay me for this to come and tell stories in a geography class. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, I was like looking at, I was thinking about all your travels, Chris. I mean, you were teaching in South Korea, uh, teaching English, I assume, then flew to Beijing and backpacked, and you know, traveled overland all the way to you know Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia and explored Thailand you know so that had to be you know such an epic you know journey and then somehow you end up in London working quit a job I was in some communication with you back back then flew down to Kenya and uh, spent some time at Red Rhino and, and with Dave and Rona and uh, went to Lamu and all we can I'd love to talk about that time period then you end up in India you're on this rickshaw journey for hundreds and hundreds of miles down India, you know, and then you end up spending all the last, you know, or three years, at least up until COVID, like bouncing back and forth from the Southern hemisphere to the Northern, Northern to the Southern, back and forth in Chile and Oregon and Australia and uh, other places. Uh, And now, you know, you're in Mexico City now. So that's a lot, man. That's a lot of, uh, of places and experiences uh, for a young guy. And I'm just wondering, you know, like we kind of talked about it, but how does this all kind of collectively shape who you are today? Yeah. Uh, so for fun, I can tell a little bit of story or tell a story because I was, I was thinking about this, but there's one specific experience I had and it was in Mexico city, but it was about four years ago. Um, and I was with my older sister, Laura, who Greg knows as well. Um, but we had this day where we woke up super early in the morning to go on a tour of the pyramids at Teotecan, which is outside of Mexico city a little bit. And I'm sure you guys have been on days like that, but they're very tiring. So we woke up at five in the morning to meet the, the rest of the tour at 6am at a hotel or whatever, rode a bus to the pyramids, walked around all day, um, et cetera. And we got back to where we were staying at about five o'clock and we were wiped out tired. Um, and I really wanted to go to a soccer match while we were in Mexico City. And so we looked it up and a soccer match had started like it, it was the beginning of the first half when I looked it up. And so I was like, oh, we missed it. And my sister, being the ever optimistic person that she is, was like, no, we didn't. Let's just go right now and we'll see the second half. And so we just got a little bit of energy, called an Uber, got to the stadium, scalped some tickets outside, got in terrible seats somewhere up in the, in the rafters. Uh, and there was this moment at the game where a goal was scored uh, and literally anything in anyone's hands just went flying into the air. So beer, popcorn, soda, whatever people were holding, uh, like the, the home team or the opposing team, everybody just threw their hands in the air. And it was just this really, really, really unique experience. And when we were leaving my sister dropped some words of wisdom on me, but she was talking about how when you have experiences like that, you, you grow, you expand. Uh, so with each unique experience that you have, you become a little bit more. Uh, so to me, what that means, I guess, I mean, specifically in the context of that soccer game, soccer is one of the most popular sports in the world. And so once you have an experience of going to a game like that, it opens uh, the opportunity to talk to so many more people in the world, like either Mexican soccer fans or worldwide soccer fans. If you end up next to them at an airport or a bar or whatever, 
now that I have that experience, it allows me to connect with however many more people that, that are in that world. So that's what I always think about these, these little individual experiences that just kind of add to who you're becoming. What would you say, you know, you mentioned kind of sharing a story and, and seeing life through that lens. You are a writer and um, I'm wondering if the writing started before travel or did the travel infuse the writing? How, how does, were, did you always wanted to write or did the it travel? A, yeah. No, I think traveling was a bit of a cheat code for writing uh, because <laughs> I, I wanted to find a creative outlet. I wanted to start writing. And when I initially thought of that, I, I couldn't think of anything to write. Um, and then I started traveling. And as you guys know, if, if you're abroad, if you're traveling, if you're, if you're doing things like that, interesting things are going to happen. Um, and so it was a bit of a, a cheat code or something just to, to give me something to start working with in terms of storytelling and writing. Um, but I mean, I loved traveling. I knew I wanted to write. And so it was to me, a, a happy little marriage. When did you first know you, you were a writer there? Like, you know, I, people say they write, but I know it's, it's a, it's one of those things where when, when did you kind of say, okay, I, I think, I think I'm a writer now. Yeah, I still wake up and wonder <laughs> if I'm a writer or not. But uh, no, I think my path to to creativity was a little different. Where I grew up playing a bunch of sports, um, so I was not a kid that grew up writing and thinking that I wanted to be some kind of creative writer. I grew up um, playing baseball, playing basketball, playing football, and I found that at practices and in games, I like. I finally wouldn't be thinking anymore. I would just be out on a field uh, with this, this really free headspace. Um, and I loved it. And I kept playing sports in college. I played rugby in college. And then even after college, I kept competing. I would stay in pretty good shape and just join a rugby team. Or uh, in Korea, I played on a baseball team. But sports were this outlet for me uh, just to clear my head. And then I was, I was like 25 living in Austin. And at that point, I wasn't training, I wasn't playing any sports, and I had a really, really good friend who had quit his job to make an album and then go tour around and play some music. Uh, and I was talking to him, and he was telling me what uh, creative outlet brought to his life. And so I realized I really wanted to try that. And I can't play music. I'm not good at painting or art or any of those other things. The only thing I thought I might be able to channel that into is writing. And so I just went for it. And you, you start slowly and the first couple of things you write are going to be pretty bad. And you're going to use semicolons when you don't need to and use words that are too big that you don't understand and all those things. But uh, at this point, it's been five or six years. Um, and to me, it's, it's the same as uh, learning a sport or any other skill. It's just the amount of time you put into it, um, you're, you're going to get better. So that's how I feel. What, what inspires you the most? I mean, we talked about travel, but what specifically inspires you when you're writing? Yeah, I, I mean, I read a lot. And I think anyone who writes is also going to be a pretty prolific reader. And so I, I read a lot and I love trying to find books that challenge my, my ideas. So if I ever think I've found uh, some kind of idea that's like rock solid I love finding books that will challenge that. Um, and then as a writer, I just read and I read and I read and I read. And then when I find an idea that I think is interesting enough, that's where I start to try and find a creative way to bake it into a story so that maybe the readers will 
get a glimpse of that same idea that I've been thinking about a lot. And when it comes to the, um, we've talked a little bit about sort of travel being inspiring and, but you mentioned other writers. So other travel writers, I mean, who, who, who are some folks that you really inspire you in terms of how they write? Uh, yeah, I, I, to be totally honest, the world of travel writing is, is pretty wild where I think it's gotten, uh, like I think most travel writers on the surface are mostly doing the, I, I, like clickbait seems to have a negative connotation. I don't mean it like that, but I think a lot of travel writing that I see is 10 things to prepare for backpacking in Europe. Um, and I think that's cool. I, I, I think I've read a lot of those articles. I find them really helpful. I've always been more on the creative side. So I, I wrote travel stories, but um, I, I think Greg has read <laughs> a decent amount of them, but I always had a, an interesting uh, lens that they were being filtered through, I think. Um, so I, I've always been more interested in, in literary writing and more creative fiction. And so, yeah, I mean, I could name some, some contemporary writers that I like in that field, but travel writing, I don't know if I ever really found any other writers that were, were trying to, to tell stories in the way I was. I think a lot of people are, are doing those like top 10 list type of travel writing stories. Yeah, yeah, I like your your uniqueness, Chris, and everything I've read. Um, I have not read your book um, yet, though I do look forward to that. Time to be. Can you tell us? Uh, yeah, I'm really interested in this character Ruby. It's very in the in the bio online reading about it. Um, she's very. Uh, it's, it's dramatic. It's like intense. The you know what what she's doing. How you met her. I mean, what where where'd that come from? It's, yeah. And this is the, the beauty of travel. But basically, uh, I was in Varanasi in India, and I'd been there for a couple of days, and uh, everyone there was telling me I had to go to this German bakery before I left. Uh, I said, okay. And so on my last day, before going to the train station, I went to this bakery, and the waiter sat me at a, at a shared table next to Ruby, which is her pen name. Uh, but... I got sat next to her um, and she is a Chinese girl that was in India studying Hindi and Sanskrit. And she had just arrived in Varanasi that day. And we just sat uh, and had lunch together and talked about Quentin Tarantino movies and Iggy Pop and a bunch of things that, of course, you never expect. You never know what you're going to be talking about. But I just found that really interesting and we hit it off and exchanged email addresses. And then we ended up becoming pen pals over the next four years. And then that's the, the heart of the book is a, a lot of the, the correspondence between the two of us. Um, so two people from very different cultures communicating and yeah. So you had this really a spontaneous meeting. Those are the most fascinating meetings there are. I mean, it's just incredible that the trajectory that had to happen for the two of you to cross paths. And then you end up in this four-year relationship back and forth and communication that ends up in a book. I mean, that's just, uh, that, that, that's uh, really powerful and has a magical feel to it. Um, would you communicate with her over the phone too? Or was it through emails mainly? Or she obviously speaks English and... She speaks a lot of languages, uh, but English is definitely one of them. But yeah, we, we just emailed um, for the four years. And then when the book started coming together... 
we were emailing a lot more. Um, and then after it finished, uh, we started talking a lot more. So at this point, we were very, very close friends. But it was interesting because there's, there's, there's some kind of privacy or intimacy with pen pals where, uh, I mean, you, you find the rhythm of it. And when a message comes through every three, four, five months, it's, it's, that's it. And that's good. It's, it's these long messages and you take a lot of time to put a response together. And, and that's the communication that that friendship or relationship has. So for the four years, it was just emails. Um, and then in working together to create the book, we ended up becoming really close. It's, it harkens back to another time, another time period where, you know, you meet somebody and, and back in my days of traveling, especially those days when I would, you know, wander myself, you know, and, and, and meet people spontaneously and ended up with pen pals where you would write a letter and you sit down and you draft it and cross stuff out. And, you know, and then it would, it would go in the mail and probably reach them three weeks later. And maybe six months later, you get a, a letter back and it's a different kind of relationship. And it's really, I, I haven't heard anybody talk about correspondence like that as a pen pal for, for years. So it's really refreshing to hear that and amazing how that happened uh, to have a pen pal is, is a very, very cool thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it would be a millennial pen pal where we were doing it all on email. <laughs> so uh, I was, I had the the power of spell check and all those other things. And as soon as it was sent, it was there, but same general idea, I think, of course. Chris, you've written both uh, fiction and nonfiction, and we just talked about time to be sort of being uh, would you label that sort of for the most part nonfiction or is it, yeah. Are there tales immersed into Yeah. 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 That. So yeah, I mean, that book is a hundred. Well, yeah, I mean, it is nonfiction. And then because it is the actual emails that she and I sent back and forth, I just found a narrative within those emails and edited, edited it. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. Uh, but yeah, I uh, took those messages and then strung a narrative together. But she and I both had the thought that, of course, if you know either of us, um, it's nonfiction. But the way that it's written and the way that we correspond, the hope is that anyone that doesn't know either of us um, would read it as a little bit more of a of a tale or a or a story. Where interesting, yeah. If you know us, you, you can't help but have that tether to either one of us. But the hope was that outside of that bubble, it would become a little bit more of a like a fictional tale even though it's not <laughs> yeah kind of playing with the the genre a little bit i mean your work on wonderlunge.com that's sort of the focus of these days um yeah and and some of those short stories uh almost feel like in some ways poetry too i mean what's what's the inspiration of tell us more about that yeah i mean i ha i'm lucky because it is my own website um and i have total freedom to put out whatever i want uh so I've had friends that tell me I write lyrically, which I would agree with. But for me, I, I, I get an idea and then I just work through these stories. And for me, it's trying to create a reading experience that is somewhat rhythmic or something like that, uh, where I really like to try and write in a way um, where people have these images in their head of what I'm trying to uh, write. But also, if it's read out loud, um, it should be somewhat lyrical or rhythmic, which I mean, once you start writing, you're going to end up finding some kind of style. And so I think I'm becoming more and more comfortable that that's my style. Yeah. I mean, just to, so the listeners kind of can, can hear it aloud, uh, like some of the titles that 
Greg was you know, we're going through before this was orange cricket blues and a place for the river to play resolute like the moon. It's, it's intriguing stuff. So you kind of want to obviously sort of want to read more. Um, but let's kind of look into one resolute like the moon, which really caught us. And maybe you can kind of let us know what you're thinking. You know, we'll read the expert and then excerpt excerpt. <laughs> and uh, then you can kind of let us know, you know, the thought process behind it or what, what's it about. Um, so the, the priest retreated into the limbs of a nearby oak. The gravedigger set aside his shovel and set off on a stroll. Thud. Dirt struck fresh cedar. The cowboy contracted himself at, at the sight of the small box. He wanted to dissipate into the wind and never return. Three requests from his wife, the grieving mother, held them together. And he repeated her pleas over and over in his head to drown out each scoop and thud. Pack the earth tight. Plant poppy seeds. Root life to the spot. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard anyone read my stuff out loud. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I reread that story this morning. Um, and yeah, like I was saying, I try and I don't. The, the, so Greg knows this, but my mom is my editor. My mom was an English teacher for a million years, um, and so she she helps me with a lot of the. Uh, the structure and the syntax and, and some of the, the rules and stuff like that. Um, but when I'm sitting down to write, to me, it's this process of something like gold digging where you, you just go as deep as you can into the creative world and just see if you can find an interesting idea. Um, so for that specific story, I just got really, really, really wrapped up in, in where we come from. <laughs> so uh, I just went on a lot, a lot of long walks uh, thinking about where we are before we're a baby, where we go after it's all over, et cetera. And that story was just an interesting experiment or attempt just to, to try and draw that out. So when I write, I start with that idea. Uh, and then as I work myself through the story, to me, it's just trying to, to do that gold digging or gold panning or whatever, um, to try and find words that express that idea that I've been thinking about. Well, Chris, it's been awesome to have you. I think we'd, we'd love to have you back on for, for a, another episode to kind of dig deeper into some of the lessons um, that you can share with our listeners. And um, so, you know, if you'll, if you'll be back, we'd love to have you. I would love to be back. Cool. Before we let you go, though, we, we, we do want to make sure we get you a shout out. So Wander Lunge, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-N-G-E.com. So Wander and Lunge. All one word, wanderlunge.com. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way for people to reach out to you, Chris, right? Yeah. And then I have Twitter and Instagram, and it's uh, the handle is at wanderlunging. Wanderlunging. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. What the name behind that? What's the, what's the, I love that name. Is it sort of a wanderlust? And yeah, so it was a, a play on wanderlust. And then I really like lunging on dance floors. Uh, and so. <laughs> When I needed a domain nice. name, that just came <laughs> together. Awesome. Cool. We'll really have cool. you back, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks thank so you. much, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Of course. Fly like true.